find somebody that is going through something similar to you and join a Facebook group or find a group on Instagram, find some blogs and the confidence that you get from hearing other people go through it and having been through it will help to guide you forward. Insured Nomads proudly supports the New Nomad podcast. Insured Nomads for the evolution of insurance, for the revolution of travel. For all your travel, medical, and support needs, please visit our website at insurednomads.com. We support our location-independent community worldwide. Welcome to the New Nomad Podcast, hosted by Alan and Andrew of Insured Nomads. Join us as Alan and Andrew interview and explore the community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit. Tune in to incredible discussions with thought leaders each week that will help you take full advantage of the cross-border remote work lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the New Nomad Podcast. I think we have a really interesting topic today, one that we've not covered in our almost year plus inclusive travel. We have Renee Bruns with us today. Uh, we've got an amazing, amazing site, wheelstravelTheworld.com. We'll talk about that. And as somebody who's traveled in my shoes in about 80 different countries, one of the things, Andrew, I've noticed is in the United States, probably because of the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act, which passed in 1990, there's cutouts on curbs. You know, we have elevators. We try to make things as accessible as possible. But I've traveled with my parents and others who have had some disabilities. And it's really hard to get around in some places. And even some of the airports, the amount of distance you have to cover to make a flight sometimes is, is quite uh, expansive. I think we're going to have an interesting conversation with Renee, who's been to like almost half the countries in the world and get her perspective on traveling in those situations. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it is great to have everybody join us this week. And really, thanks for being a fan of the new Nomad. I'm looking forward to this because I've only had wheelchair life for a little bit. I broke both legs once and took quite a while to recover. And I can't imagine really doing that around the world, having that wheelchair with me around the world, just because it was quite an adjustment for me is just for such a short period of time. So I'm so glad that Renee is joining us today. Thank you both for having me. Welcome, I am Renee. thrilled to be here and excited for the conversation. So Renee, let's give our folks out there some some uh, either a reality check, confidence, and, and thoughts. You've you've been to what ninety plus of the hundred ninety five countries in the world. You're continuing to travel today. Once again, I was reading your blogs about you're in the Baltics and traveling about. Why don't you give us a status update? If somebody hasn't traveled in the last few years because of the pandemic or whatever, what are you seeing out there? If you have somebody traveling with you, that you need to have more inclusive travel, and you might have to provide a little extra support. Is it more about culture or is it more about infrastructure? A great question. You know, I think at the front end, I took off on this journey about two months ago and I was off on my own. It was really the first time I was heading out into the world by myself. And I was, I mean, truly just terrified. I was, what if there's a step I can't get up? You know, what if there, there's not a ramp or an airplane is hard to get onto? And I was worried about that infrastructure. At the same time, I was also really worried about the people. What if I'm a solo female disabled traveler? I am prime target from, you know, the very outside. So I'm looking at this and I'm going into this adventure. I have all the safety tools, you know, I've, I've learned all my, my punches and what I'm going to do if I'm attacked. And then at the same time, how do I handle the infrastructure of, of using a wheelchair permanently? And it took me less than 48 hours and I realized it's the people. So it's 
approaching a curb and I don't know how to get up it. And instantly there's just people flocking to help me and just grabbing on to my wheelchair in places that, you know, it's like, how did you even know to grab there? But they somehow just figure it out. So I, to answer your question, Alan, definitely the culture for sure. And if it's structure wise, there aren't a lot of cutouts. Uh, I know cobblestones are challenges, elevators, et cetera. And if somebody was traveling for the first time with a wheelchair, are there particular countries that you might recommend to kind of start on before you go to the more rugged areas? Great question. Yeah, I would say the UK is wonderful. All of the Nordic countries are great. Norway, Denmark, you know, Sweden, all of those up there. They're very modern and they've put in some regulation. The Southern Europe is a little more difficult. The cobblestone, which is so beautiful and I love it. It's such a bittersweet thing for me that I love seeing and I love being around it, but I feel so trapped. So I would say that's probably not your best bet. And then, you know, if you're really ready to venture outside of Europe, I I think Southeast Asia, they just don't have that cobblestone. It's a, a newer part of the world, if that makes any sense. It's not newer, but it's newer from an infrastructure standpoint. So I would say Southeast Asia and Asia in general is is really, really great. Well, what led you to do this? I know you're adventurous. You stepped out of professional life after all these years, building a, a strong career and you know, being such an adventurous person, what's brought you to this point? So, you know, it's a great question. I I have a partner that I have been with for over nine years. And we've always talked about let's take a sabbatical together. You know, we always thought it would come 2020 was going to be our year, we were both going to quit our jobs, and we were going to leave, we're going to travel the world and the pandemic came about. So everything got put on hold. As the pandemic came about, you know, and we went further into that, like so many people, I hate to say I was part of the great resignation. But you know, here I am, I was I realized, you know, the timing of Tony, my partner and my lives aligning perfectly so that we could both do this was the time was just ticking away. And it really didn't look like it was going to happen. He consistently told me this is your dream. It's not mine. Go do it. This is your time. So I just, you know, pulled the plug and and did it. And it was extremely frightening, which you can read about in my blog, but I am so glad I did it. Getting through that fear, I think was a big piece of it. And just overcoming that fear of I'm going out into a really strange place all by myself. I have to trust myself. And it was really, really rewarding. Is there any area that people can go to get an idea before they arrive on how the support of handicapped individuals beyond? Obviously, you've traveled to so many countries. I would just read your blog about the given location. But is there anything that you use to help support you and give you kind of an understanding before you arrive that somebody who says, yes, I want to take a trip. I need some confidence and I need a little extra information before I go. Yeah, that's a great question. I would would caveat that with saying every disability is different. So it's, you know, I have a lot of people coming to me saying, what about this? And, you know, everybody's disability is different and mine's very visible. There are, you know, I want to make this open to all people with disabilities. There's a lot that are high anxiety or depression or, you know, things that we can't see on the outside. And those are real too. For me, from a physical standpoint, for those that use wheelchairs, I follow a blogger. His name is uh, Corey Lee. His website's uh, curbfreewithcorey.com. He has tremendous resources out there. I would also say just, just Googling it and digging into different locations. I've gone as far as looking at Google Maps to see the landscape of, you know, what does the street look like so I can be prepared. But I think my biggest piece of advice would be you can prepare and prepare and prepare. You've got to trust the people. In every situation I've been in, somebody has stepped up to help me. So you've got to trust the people on this earth that they'll Somebody will come and help you when you get stuck. See, that's fantastic. And, you know, it kind of makes me really happy to hear because, you know, we hear so many stories about people not stepping up 
And then what you're telling me, you know, as I've traveled, I've always felt that there's been just wonderful people. Like you're just looking around, you look lost. And then somebody come over to you as a traveler and say, can I help you? I'm, you know, I'm a local here. And that's what makes traveling great. As you traveled about not only the adventure, but what makes you really, really happy about the travels that you do? And how do you also pick your next location? Uh, or is it more like a geographical move across uh, the world? So the number one thing that makes me happy is when I sit down with a local and I have a conversation and I, you know, just hearing about their culture and I, at the root of all people that I've encountered, everybody has the same desires. You know, there's these huge language barriers in many cases, but it continues to amaze me how at the core, all human beings just have this basic need for safety and love. And we're all very much the same. So that's my favorite thing. Deciding the next place is, it depends who's going to be with me. There are parts of the world. I went to the Middle East recently and my family, friends, everybody I knew said, no, I don't want to go to the Middle East. Go ahead and go on your own. So I had a law where it was a few weeks on my own. So I just tackled that one on my own. I'm here with my my mother now in the Baltics. She wanted to see the Baltics. So we both met here. It really just depends. Some of it's geographical. Some of it is who, who I'm with and what do they want. It's, it's interesting. You mentioned the Middle East. I Very similar to you, I had a business trip to Jordan back in the day and, and I said to someone, my friends, would you like to come along? And like, they wanted no part of that. And it was marvelous because it was Petra and the Dead Sea and wonderful food and glorious people. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's those places that the people most fear that are the biggest surprise on things. And, and of course, you mentioned the Baltics, which are just wonderful uh, there, too. And it comes down to the goodness of, of, of the people. So I, I commend you on that trip in the Middle East because I had a very similar two week deal. But so have there been times that you've been like kind of warned away from a place that has really surprised you that you'd be like, yeah, this, that you, it turned out to be completely different. The guidebooks might be off or something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Middle East is probably that area. I went to Kuwait, which was a bit overwhelming. I came out of the airport. I wrote about this a little bit, but I came out of the airport and just thought, thought for the first time, like, oh my God, I'm, I am in over my head. Everybody looks different. Nobody speaks my language. Like, what do I do? And, you know, you take a step back and you realize like, nobody's, nobody's bothering me. Nobody's hurting me. I ask them for help help. They help me. And I like you, Alan, I, I really enjoyed my, my, my time in the Middle East and I would go back in a heartbeat. I think as we listen to this and we reflect, I think we all have our, our strengths and some of our strengths to some look like weaknesses. And we all have our weaknesses, which also look like strengths to others, to where we need to have our eyes open to realize that those in some countries that look totally different than us probably think a lot like us. They probably have a lot more in common than we do and are kinder than we would expect at times. And I think it's a challenge for us to be kinder to those around us. Those that may look like us, those that may look totally different from us. Because I, you know, having spent the majority of my time outside the U.S. and in the African continent and Brazil, I look very different from those. But inside, I feel more African or Latino. And most people looking at me wouldn't think that. And I think as I reflect on some of the things I've heard you say, and I'm a huge fan of you on Instagram, and I'm always just so inspired so it's I hear some of these things you're sharing and think, you know, let's let's do look for the commonalities and be kinder. I love that, Andrew. And I think that is one of my biggest takeaways from this trip. Just walking away from my entire life really and giving that all up to go do this and the kindness that the world has, it's in all of us. We've all got it. And 
I, I think we just need to get better at practicing it and taking a step back to say, hey, this person looks like they're struggling with the door. They've got a lot of groceries in their hands or, you know, those little things stick out. And so many times people have done those things and I'm carrying them with me. I won't forget them. And, you know, they've moved on. They don't think anything of it because that's their culture. But we, we all can get better at that for sure. Renee, we have a lot of listeners who are actually, they travel from overseas to the United States. And you have, you know, obviously a, a great perspective on that. What would you share about that? Also, you know, share it obviously a little bit if you're doing a compare and contrast of traveling that you've seen in kind of the average or semi-average country that you travel to versus the United States and, and what we've done here and maybe what we also could do better. But I'd love you to give people a little bit of a thoughts of, of if you have a disability and you're coming to the United States, how, how do we do relative to others? if people want to travel here? That's a really difficult question to answer and a unique one because we do have the ADA. We have the regulation. There's ramps and, and cutouts and all the curbs and restrooms are in all the bathrooms. Everything's accessible. Interestingly, because of that, you know, that all was put into place because of, of litigation and, and, and policies. But because of that, I think we've lost some of the kindness that we, Andrew and I were just talking about. I think we've lost some of that in that Americans are less of, less willing to lend a hand and say, hey, let me push you up this ramp. They just assume, oh, the policy is in place. We don't need your help. So, you know, it's a catch-22. And if I, you know, I'm looking at my life and saying, which would I rather have? Would I rather have the regulation and the law or would I rather have the kindness? And of course, I want both. That would be the win-win, but I don't yeah. know. I think yeah. it's it's a difficult thing. And I think we just all need to, to look at folks that might need help up a ramp or into a door and say, hey, how, how can I help you? Aside from the regulation and the law that's in place. That's, you know, what you just described is what I, I kind of felt was the issue because a lot of times people kind of, the U.S., while we are very outgoing, we're a little bit standoffish when something happens because everybody's so worried about the litigious nature uh, of our, our country. But I also think just like you talk, people are very kind in general. But you're right. A lot of times we let the rules take over on that. And one of the things I, I loved about when when you travel and you do your blog, I, I'm taking at the quick thing as I was reading that, do you go through the full day and do you write down your thoughts kind of there or do you do you reflect on it? I would love to hear because your blogs are really excellent and I, I love them because I've been to some of the places and some of the things that you mentioned were very much the experiences I had. Share with others because I know there's a lot of people who like to blog their trips too and I think you do a wonderful job of it on Wheels Travels the World and, and maybe some hints on if you're trying to do that, whether it's for your family or for a, water, a wider audience. Yeah, I think for me, you know, there's all, all types of blogging. You can go out there and put, you know, top 10 things to see in Thailand, Estonia. And, you know, you can do that type of approach. And mine is probably a bit more personal and more about my personal journey and just things that I'm seeing. I tend to, when I'm out and about, if something interesting happens, I just, I have a, a notepad in my phone. I'll just make a quick note so that I don't forget about it. Pictures, of course, you can go back and look at pictures and that, that triggers the memory. Um, but my biggest piece of advice would be get it down on paper as soon as possible. The, the days start to muddle together and the cities start to muddle together. So to, to take the time, even if it's 10 minutes at the end of the day, just to, to journal it out, it doesn't need to be you know ready to publish, but to get your ideas and your feelings out there is really important. Do you have a particular airline that you, you travel that you, you feel good about? Or I mean, how do you, you travel mostly by train, bus, planes, trains, and automobiles? What's your thoughts on going inter-country on those? 
all of the above. I've been on all of them. I would say my, you know, I use Delta domestically and internationally as much as I can. You get this within the world. There's not a, a single airline that's going to fly to all of the countries. So air tends to be the easiest for me, ironically, but trains and boats and buses, I've been on them all. So um, it really whatever is most economical. And I try to keep the planet in mind as much as I can too. So all of the above. I saw in your latest blog that you actually took a bus across. You were going to take a train, missed the train, took a bus. And it brought memories because I was in Saigon, missed the train to Phnom Penh. So we then took a bus. And it was one of the most unique experiences I've ever had in my life as every time the bus is, is passing somebody in the center lane, you see traffic coming towards you and you think you're in imminent disaster and that traffic was so used to this type of driving, it pulls over and you go right down the middle. As you travel about, have you had a few of those travel adventure stories? Oh, for sure. I've had the most recent one that comes to mind. We had a taxi driver. We were in San Marino, which is a little tiny country landlocked within Italy. But a driver who I'm quite confident was under the influence of something. I'm not really sure what, but was you know, music was blaring loud, just going down the roads. And I'm thinking, this is it. This is how I'm going to die here in this taxi in San Marino. And and obviously, I'm here to tell the story. So we survived. But you have those moments and you just thank everyone that you can when you get out of that car. Well, you we've come to the point in the episode where I love this question. It's one of the, the most fun and insightful questions, I think. And that is, if you could share with us, give this a little thought. An overlooked experience, place, and you could pick a couple if you want to, but person or even book that you think our listeners should discover. There are a ton of world travelers out there. So it's hard for me to pick one person. I have a few that I follow and that I read about. I would encourage everyone to find something that touches their heart. And, you know, all of your listeners aren't going to have a physical disability like mine. So, you know, we've all got struggles. I know everybody does. We can't see them all. But find somebody that is going through something similar to you and join a Facebook group or find a group on Instagram, find some blogs and the confidence that you get from hearing other people go through it and having been through it will help to guide you forward. So it's hard, Andrew, for me to say one person. For me, Corey Lee, who I mentioned earlier, he's someone who has been very inspirational for me um, just with his his travels and everything he's done with his disability. He would be the person that I would, would recommend if you're looking for someone with a disability. What was the second part of your question? I think I missed it. I didn't answer it. So Renee, thank you for sharing with us a person that you listen to and rely on for some information. Would love to know about some of the places that you've traveled to. Do you have an overlooked place or places that you would would share with others, given that you've been to almost half the world um, and some very unique places? I've been reading your blog posts and maybe we can compare notes as the conversation continues. Yeah, definitely. So my my heart belongs to Southeast Asia. I don't know what it is about Southeast Asia, but I just am drawn to it and will continue to go back. My favorite place in Southeast Asia is Luang Prabang, which is a city in Laos. So kind of small, nestled in the mountains, not very big, um, but very, very nice people. The culture is amazing. The weather's great. So I would say that is my number one go-to place that I don't think many people have been to. Also in Southeast Asia is is Bali. My 
my heart has a special place for Bali, I think mostly because it was the first place I went to on my own and, and really just kind of checked that off and did some self discovery. So Bali was really special for me, a little bit more common, you're going to have a lot more tourists going there. So that was a really neat place. And then back to what we talked about earlier, just the Middle East, I think there's so many undiscovered places in the Middle East, and I just touched the surface, but I think there's a lot for people to understand and learn from those cultures that, that probably creates some conflict in the world and just taking that time to really understand it changes perspective. Renee, I'm going to zero in another overlooked area that you traveled to that I've been to that I thought was amazing. I mean, you're one of the few people I've met that have been to Kosovo, Albania, Montenegro, and the Croatia area. And especially in Montenegro, that amazing canyon that they have there. And, and then of course, the history in Kosovo, still almost kind of a city partially under siege. I mean, could you comment quickly on that? Because I was as I was reading your blogs, I thought that it was really amazing that you got there because so few do and it's so amazing to me in my travels. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. And being in a place where you have this group of people that truly believe they, they belong to another country and on the other side of an imaginary line, the people do consider them part of their country. So the Serbians consider them to be part of Serbia and the people that live in Kosovo are, are that's not my country. This is my country. I live in Kosovo. So a really unique thing to experience that and talk with the people there and just see how how that evolution of declaring your independence and what that looks like just from the outside, you know, and I just touched on the surface of it, but really, really neat to see that. And you don't get to see that in every every place that you visit. So good point. I like that one. Well, Renee, where can people find you? <laughs> well, they can follow me along on wheelstravelstheworld.com. That is where I put my blogs. There is an audio version of the blogs, Wheels Travels. It's available on all of the popular podcast platforms. It's it's not a podcast per se, but all of the audible stories are there. And then Instagram is Wheels Travels. Find me on the Instagram and I'm on Facebook also. Some very similar content that's on Instagram. So either one of those. Fantastic. That's great. I'll also mention today, while we really focused on the, some of the physical disability issues, I, I know we, we don't want to deminimize people who travel with anxiety, et cetera. That, and and that's, that's an area that we think is extremely important to help support people with. And I think one of the ways that we, we also support people that have great anxiety about traveling is information and stories like yours, Renee, that gives people confidence that people will be there to support them. People are good. People are caring. And on that, but we, I know we didn't delve in that a lot, but we also recognize as a group of us here that that's a very important issue also uh, on travel. So I thank you today for focusing. We focus more on the physical, given the nature of, of your disability. But on the other hand, I think that, you know, kind of looking at the big picture, I know, Andrew, us from an insured nomads perspective, uh, we have a lot of people who travel and they have a panic attack, great concern, et cetera. And, you know, you need you know, some mental health support uh, or, or greater confidence that uh, things will turn out okay. But with the conversation today, I just thought it was absolutely amazing, Andrew. I love Wheels Travels. It's, it's great to read. And you've traveled uh, quite a bit yourself. I know you and I on the, on the sidebar uh, beforehand want to have accessible travel for all. And I think there's great confidence in, in hearing about somebody who's gone to half the world and, and says it can happen. What's, what's your thoughts on that, Andrew, as you've been to a great percentage of the world too, and, and maybe some governments can support and do a little bit more like we've seen with the ADA in the United States, but also on the other hand, Americans take away from it that let's, let's have, if we see somebody struggling, we, you know, to, to get over a curb or something to, to be a little bit more expansive. 
I took some things away like that today. Yeah, I'm coming in recording today from Brazil. And as those who are listening know, I'm, I spend a lot of time in Brazil. I was in a laboratory this morning, actually, and, and there were lines for those. Uh, it's actually law here in Brazil that if you are elderly, if you're pregnant, if you have disabilities, etc., you get preferential treatment. You get to the front of the line or there's a cashier just for you. Um, and it's just accepted. If someone comes in, you get you let them go to the front of the line. And that's been the way uh, here in Brazil for ages. So maternity is seen as one of those preferential aspects and rightly so. But yet in even with the American Disability Act, that's not included. Maternity is sadly treated just the same. You can lose your job pretty quickly after giving birth. And um, it, it really brings it to the forefront that as we talk about all this, we need to awaken the side of us that really doesn't care about whether or not someone has multiple chemical sensitivity or has ADHD as a 40-year-old, or their daughter or son has a mental health issue, or takes medication they can't get in another country, or they're worried about. They want to take a vacation and not sure if something happens. Are they going to be able to get that special injection or special treatment? And this, I think we can all pause for a minute and say, okay, care a lot more. And governments are made of people, you and I, to say, let's get involved, let's make a difference. Even if you're in a country that has put things in place, let's push it further. The world needs to care a lot more. And this is just one of those topics for me that I'm passionate about just because I, you know, I've faced many different things from an invisible illness myself to all kinds of different things in my lifetime. So I, I'm emotionally moved right now as I reflect on this episode. This is real life. This isn't just another, another time to entertain each other with stories. We're facing life together, folks. So let's take this and do something great with what we've just heard. Fantastic. An excellent way to summarize, uh, Andrew. And let's be a little kinder. So to our remote worker audience, our location-independent audience, digital nomad audience, and traveler audience, I, I think there's some great things to take away today. Once again, invite you to follow Renee. I think wheels travel the world. Fantastic. But also let's help others feel confident in traveling no matter what the situation, because that's what we're here for. And we're looking forward to more people traveling in the future. So thank you for joining us in the Nomad Podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again. Insured Nomads proudly supports the new Nomad Podcast. Insured Nomads for the evolution of insurance, for the revolution of travel. For all your travel, medical, and support needs, please visit our website at insurednomads.com. We support our location-independent community worldwide. Thanks for tuning in to the New Nomad Podcast, where we bring together an incredible community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review. For more amazing tips to help you take advantage of the cross-border lifestyle, please visit us at insurednomads.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.